Welcome to Travel Market Life, your companion for industry insight and professional and business development. Travel Market Life, join us by webcast, video or podcast. Welcome back to Travel Market Life. I'm Ryan Haynes, your host, and today we're going to be talking about blockchain, robotic process automation, and cryptocurrency. Please don't be scared. It is travel and there are multiple payments that need to be dealt with by multiple suppliers across multiple locations around the world. So how do you handle it to ensure that the cash flow is there? To make sure that your suppliers are not holding on to the money. To make sure that everything is processed so that no one gets financially hurt. Well, we're going to be talking to Michael O'Connell from Clear Chain Travel. This is a conversation that I had with him a couple of weeks ago. So my partners and I have worked in the travel industry, airline, OTA, hotels for mostly about 20 years. And the the characteristic um, inefficiencies of the travel business exist in all those spaces. You know, how many people are faxing invoices still? How many people are stacking things up by hand? How many people are not getting paid because invoice XYZ from the first quarter is stuck in a drawer somewhere that nobody can find? So we've seen those inefficiencies everywhere. And when blockchain came up as a viable technology, we thought, let's try to apply this to those specific areas that we see. So that was pre-COVID. We thought it was a great idea. We thought it would really help. But now post-COVID, we're seeing all sorts of companies that are going out of business because they can't sustain cash flow. And blockchain becomes even more important now because instead of having those invoices and somebody calling and chasing and saying, well, you've been paying me in three months, within the smart contract environment and within the automated environment, you have liquidity that's more prominent. So money flows more easily, especially in transaction-based businesses. So you're able to get more liquidity, which is the key right now, just to preserve cash flow. So you don't have the Thomas Cook situation or the Bookett situation in the US where vendors stop getting paid and suppliers stop getting paid and then employees stop getting paid. The money's out there, the contracts are out there, and but it's just gonna be a tighter, narrow band for that money to go through. So we think blockchain will make it more efficient and we think it'll it'll be a sustaining business for the future, but short term, that's why we think it's so important. I mean, my understanding of all of this, because I love the idea that you talked about smart contracts, you know, everything's mm-hmm. smart nowadays. Um, mm-hmm. And um, I guess it, it, it is that companies who are involved in that blockchain are obliged to make the payments when they are expected to make their payments rather than delaying the payments based on their own preferential financial needs for 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 to, to bump up i guess the the, the financial um financial strength of, the, of their own business because uh, a lot of companies will hold off paying in order to make their finances look a lot better than what they actually are yeah i mean we're seeing in the us right now some of the major chains are um working on quarterly invoicing right mm. so you do something in january and you don't get paid till after april that's probably still going to exist but if we can make sure that it's april 1st and not april 30th or may 15th or something like that because you've entered into that contract the trust level comes up the transparency level comes up and i think everybody benefits from that even if it is a little painful in the short term and it's a little you know uh difficult to make sure that you're paying your bill on time i think once 
the momentum gets going and you get some of that, you know, common trust and common idea that everybody's in the same boat, that this facilitates that. And, you know, maybe it's idealistic to say so, but I don't think it's naive. Because um, if you're in that blockchain and you're obliged to make that payment by a certain date, um, is that actually means that it's automated, that it should come out of that company's bank account into the supplier's bank account on that specific day? Or is there still a human element involved where they have to process that uh, payment? Well, that's a really good question because that comes down to the governance rules that uh, the blockchain platform and the blockchain provider create at the beginning of the process. So what we're looking to do is what's called a permissioned blockchain, where everybody who comes on the blockchain agrees to certain terms of governance ahead of time. And one of those will be linking a bank, a bank account, whether, you know, whatever the automated process is around the world to that. So it's triggered immediately so that the automation reaches into the financial transaction part, that there's not a re reliance on somebody signing a check or stamping a, you know, piece of paper or something like that before it happens. I mean, um, I use PayPal occasionally um, mm -hmm. and I've actually recently just set it up um, for the business, um, even though I hate the high charges that, that they charge uh, for payments. But um, that, I, it, it, it's, it's that almost like that first step towards blockchain um, because if, that, if, my, if my customer makes a payment, that payment is not released until the services are effectively delivered so it's a, it's a, it's it's essentially sort of being obligated to the delivery of of those services at the same time is is that sort of like in essence like an aspect of 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 where blockchain is and but it has it's a lot more involved it's, it's a bit of the same thing but we're not going to be the paypal so we would use a PayPal or a PayPal-like service mm. behind as part of the blockchain behind it. And that we, we would allow our suppliers to work within whatever environment we can automate. So if somebody's used to working in ACH, somebody's used to working in PayPal, somebody's used to working in Venmo, you can still use that. It's just how the money comes in and comes out the other side because the payment piece of it, it we're just a facilitator for the in and the out. We're not going to actually do the charging of the transaction, turning it from one currency to the other other it's just more of middleware would there need to be any sort of integrations between your systems and um and, and, and your customer systems and, and your customers customers i mean uh, how how does that work because obviously integrations is a big issue within travel industry um but also um you know that people have preferred suppliers or preferred platforms so how might that work no, that that's the trick. That's the hard part right now. So there are there are established blockchain systems that uh, facilitate business more than they facilitate other things like uh, individual activities of, or logistics or something like this. So what we're looking to do is emphasize the financial piece of it. But there will be a piece of creating that blockchain that will involve integrating with the big systems. Mm. Now, the one that we're looking at using is an offshoot of Ethereum, which is one of the primary um, uh, enterprise level blockchains. What the details are and how you do that and how you do the int individual integrations, that's the tricky bit. So mm. it's gonna take us six to nine months, and that's one of the reasons we're out raising money right now, is to create you know, the, the one that hits the most um, efficient services. So we'll be going for the, you know, 
the bigger pay and um, payment providers will be going for the ones that hit the US, UK and Western Europe first before we get into Africa or South America or something like that. So it will be a process. And I think as Ethereum builds up in the enterprise, you'll see more of those companies doing a, a primary integration that we can then piggyback off of. Mm. But in the beginning, it will have to be our work to do that. One of the th areas that I think may often sort of sense a bit of shiver or uncertainty through people is this idea of cryptocurrency versus blockchain. Um, how, do, how, do you, how do you manage that discussion? Because obviously cryptocurrency is one of these things that is out there, but no, people just think it's a techie geeky thing and they don't realize that it's how they can be part of this or it's a completely different currency that is unconnected to global currencies so how does that work it, it's the thing that gives me more heartburn than anything else so you know we we go out of our way in all of our marketing material and all of our speaking material to say we're not selling bitcoin we're not doing cryptocurrency the, the transactional guts of the blockchain do involve things that look like a cryptocurrency, but we're not creating our own you know, clear chain travel token that investors can put money into and that either appreciates or doesn't. We're not going near that. The, the operative part of blockchain is to have a common currency that's essentially a, a, a basket of other currencies that allow us to transact on one basis, but we're not going to spin that off. We're, go we're going to decouple the idea of Bitcoin or another cryptocurrency from the transactional bits that go on within our blockchain. We're seeing that happen with a lot of other enterprise providers. IBM, for example, has a blockchain that does uh, sourcing for food. So all along the supply chain for food from the fisherman or the farmer out to the, the retail outlet, you have blockchain tracking the provenance of the fish or the wheat or whatever it might be out to the end user. There's no blockchain. I mean, there's no Bitcoin involved in that. So that, that's real money being passed through. So we, we do have to address it, though. The negative, um, biz, the negative press that comes out all the time about Bitcoin, and I just read something this morning that hackers have stolen something like $1.4 trillion worth of Bitcoin in this calendar year already. So we have to get out in front of that. We have to talk about that at the beginning. But it's a real thing, but I think it's going to become less and less as blockchain becomes more prevalent in the enterprise. I mean, that's the thing. If you're tying it all into global currencies, then people don't have to worry about the idea that it's called a cryptocurrency in the digital world. It's just a fact that everything is still transacted in their own chosen currency. And we, we could get esoteric because in the GDS systems like Amadeus or Sabre, there are what we would see as a, a crypto-like service called the, the neutral unit of construction that allows travel agents to book in one currency and automatically the foreign exchange bid is done in the background. So we're gonna have something like that if somebody asks, but for now, in terms of the high-level marketing message, we're just saying, we don't do Bitcoin, we don't do cryptocurrency, we're just a platform under which you can transact business normally. And in order to get this successful within the uh, travel travel sphere and- Well, it's gotta be collaborative, right? It's gotta mm -hmm. be, you know, our whole premise is that we're, we're taking the transaction model as it exists today, whether that be through hotels or travel agencies or group and meetings providers or anybody else. And we're, we're essentially saying there's a benefit to using our system 
that involves security, transparency, liquidity, and efficiency, and all those great things that go with that, all those buzzwords. But that doesn't matter if we can't get a big hotel chain to endorse our process. We, it doesn't matter if we can't get a big group and meetings provider to do that. So it, it has to be a supply and demand activity. We can't, in, in the travel industry, as you know by now, you can't have a mandated process from one of the big uh, you know, whatever it is, distribution companies or hotel chains or airlines, it's going to fall flat and it's just going to be PR and it's going to go nowhere. I think we've seen that happen with blockchain, with a couple of the service providers that have gotten big with airlines, especially in Europe. It's gone nowhere because you haven't had the people on the uh, supplier end adopt it and you haven't had the users at the uh, transaction level adopt it either. So we have to find a, a way to do both sides of the equation, supply and demand. And it's, uh, it's tough. I mean, the smaller companies understand that going with blockchain will enhance their valuation and enhance a lot of their posture towards the marketplace. It's similar sometimes, we say this all the time, to putting a dot-com on the end of your business's name back in 2000 or 2001. Nobody really know, knew what that meant, but it sounded cool, right? And increase mm -hmm. the valuation of your company to have Ryan.com out there. But what blockchain does then, in terms of the guts of the business, it's boring, but it allows us to get those businesses to say, here's the benefits for if you're a supplier working with Hilton. Here are the benefits if you're a, a supplier working with Lufthansa. And those sort of things are how we do it incrementally. So uh, what phase of adoption are we at? Are we at a point right now where it's about really making sure that blockchain is part of the discussion between um, supplier and, and, and customer relationships? We're at the point now where we have a couple, not a lot, of good models in other industries. I you know, mm -hmm. talked about the IBM logistics model. There's some in shipping as well. There's some in financial uh, transactions in terms of how you do financial settlements. So what we're trying to do in our marketing material and our approach to customers is to talk about how there are similarities in those industries with travel. Travel has its own quirks, just like uh, financial and healthcare and any other business does, but the underlying business activities that blockchain supports in those other industries can apply to travel as well. I mean, I guess if you look at, let's say logistics, if you're trying to get something from one place to another place, there are so many parties involved, but there is one fee. Um, and that fee then needs to make sure that it goes to all of those providers along the way um at the right time and that's the same thing as travel there i guess there's, there's a lot of similarities uh, between those two industries yeah i mean I, i'd use the example of a group travel uh activity so mm. you're going to a family event and you're booking 10 to 15 people from various places staying at a hotel or airbnb and those 15 people turn to 12 people because three people dropped out and then it turns to 13 people. And then those people want to eat food when they get there and you get food for 10 people, but no, you need it for 12. All those changes along the way now are supported by paperwork. If we can put that on the blockchain, then the different people involved, whether it's the lodging provider or the travel provider or the organizer can see along the way how those things happen. And that's what happens in the logistics business. If you're contracting to sell 20 tons of wheat to somebody and 18 show up at the dock and then 14 show up at the retailer, you want to know what happened along the way to those other six. Blockchain, in the example that we're talking about, allows you to see what happened along the way. Where did those six fall off? And how do you get you know, properly paid at the end of the day for the amount that's delivered versus the amount that's been ordered? Who would you therefore be needing to get this message out to right now? 
for us, the focus continues to be on on hotels primarily in terms of the um, the big travel providers. Um, we think that hotels in the current environment where you're selling less than 100% of your rooms at all time, you're looking at uh, new costs being added for the cleaning and the COVID era type things that, you know, you're, you're going to be looking at the bottom line and even more importantly, the asset managers who own the hotels. You know, this is something that gets lost sometimes, mm-hmm. I think, in the big travel industry discussion. You know, Marriott is great and Accor is great, but the companies that own those hotels are financial companies. And they're looking at the bottom line here. And their financial projections are based on 100% occupancy being possible. They're, they're not going to get that for the next, you know, 18 to 24 months, let's say. So adding blockchain to the transparency and trust piece of it allows those companies to both forecast better and understand the reality versus what they were expecting. But also it allows us to put that business in there going forward in case there are other shocks, in case there are other pandemics, in case whatever else might happen, you know, cushions you against that. So hotels are the first ones. And we think that appealing to the asset owners is the way to go with that from a financial point of view. The mm-hmm. second bit is to, is the small providers, the people who organize trips, the travel agencies who are doing, whether it's corporate business or personal business, you know, they're struggling right now. They're trying to find a way to, you know, add value and find new ways to do business that they didn't even think of in January of this year. So we think blockchain can be appealing to them. And that's where the supply and demand come together for us is the providers on the organized side. This is not a B2C play. It's a B2B all the way. So the, the individual travel agencies and group meeting providers, the individual hotels and the asset managers that own them, I think we can get them together and we're getting some traction right now in doing so. Um, that's, that's our key right now. Yeah, yeah. And, and um, what sort of partnerships are you forming at the moment in order to raise the profile of uh, this uh, need and necessity within the industry? We're talking, we're in the end stage of what I believe is going to be an agreement with one of the major global IT providers who has a blockchain practice right now, who has mm-hmm. dabbled in travel, um, who's looking to expand in travel. Um, so what we think is if we partner with that global company from an IT point of view, we'll get the obvious, you know, marketing boost from that but also their individual knowledge of travel and the ecosystem that they would bring us where they have contracts with the hotel providers, they have contracts with the big travel agencies around the world. We, we can piggyback off that. So that, that's our way of going in instead of, you know, it's still the, just the three of us, three founders. We're not going to go travel around the world right now and try to shake the, the tree for, you know, knock on doors of uh, DER in, in Germany and Hilton in the U.S., we, we can't do that right now at the scale rat. So we're trying to leverage our relationship with uh, different IT providers to get in there. Right. Okay. And, and what other type of IT providers or systems providers uh, do you think would be ideal partners for you in order to really build this infrastructure? Well, for us, we, we, we pattern ourselves after Accenture where we're technology focused, but we have consulting with it. Mm-hmm. So people, you know, just this discussion we're having here, we'd like to get into more detail with companies to tell them from a consulting engagement point of view, what blockchain would be good for, what robotic process automation can benefit for them, and then bring in the technology solutions with them. So we have some of our own, we have some that we're going to, uh, buy off the shelf essentially and have our RPA bots as a service. We'll do that with blockchain as well. So blending travel specific IT plus off the shelf IT that's proven to work in other businesses or in travel businesses themselves. That's our, that's our sweet spot right there. 
Now, one of the key themes that we're going to be discussing at the Hotel Tech Clinic is about robotic process automation here mm -hmm. and um, really how that's been developing over the last few years. And we've seen it a lot in many different areas, particularly in healthcare and in finance. Um, what are the opportunities for robotic process automation with all the uh, travel industry? Well, I think uh, in our target markets, there there's you know a myriad opportunities. So, you know, just the things like a new customer or new partner onboarding, very inefficient right now in our industry. It's done in other industries where you essentially can create a, a robotic process that allows the paperwork to go out. And then let's say a tour operator, for example, you have a local representative in Nepal that you're trying to sell their services. Right now you have all sorts of complications, whether it be legality, whether uh, local laws and regulations, currency, anything that's HR related. What we can do with the bots is, is automate that once we understand the individual process and it's replicated every single time the same way. Um, inside of hotels where you have back office processes, you know, closing the PMS at the end of the night, understanding, you know, what's the, the <clears throat> tomorrow's expectation for um, new customers. A lot of those people who are doing that today are either not going to come back after furlough or they're going to be assigned to other tasks that, you know, require the, the hotel to be a lot more outside uh, the box they are today with the cleanliness and with the sterilization and with social distancing and all those new requirements. So we think we can automate a lot of those back office activities as well that are specific to hotels, specific to the PMS activity, specific to those things that, that hotels have to do every night and do them in the same way over and over again. I mean, we talked just now about the opportunity that blockchain could have offered prior to this crisis if it was in place and be able to manage that cash flow. And, I, and the biggest issue that we're facing right now, I don't know what it's like in the US specifically, but in the UK, particularly the refunds. Um, Ryanair, for example, I think announced that they've got 28 million refunds to do, which no doubt most of these will have to be done in some way manually. So yeah. I guess a robotic process automation will allow these, whilst it will take, still take time, it will free them up from from having to be so involved with with every single transaction. Yeah, and I think you know one of the great things about RPA is that you you can group then in those you know Ryanair's twenty eight million uh, refunds. There's probably twenty four million that have similar characteristics. It's because people were going from point A to point B. It's because they booked within a certain window. They booked a certain class of service. As long as you can identify those things and aggregate those into common types, then you can place the, the robots on top of it and take care of 80 to 90% of those. And then when you get to the next 10 to 20% that really require manual intervention and creativity on the part of the employee, they're free to do that instead of having to take 15 minutes and the next 15 minutes and they can't spend the time they need to on those 10 to 20% that are more complicated. Mm -mm. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I guess, as you say, um, it's, it's, it's about freeing up the time of your employees to really focus on the higher value and the more absolutely. strategically critical or the ones that need those creative decision making. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and in travel, that's so important because, you know, you have a brand promise in travel, whether you're a travel agency or a group and meeting provider or a hotel that involves human beings, right? This is what we're all about here in travel. It's, it's, it's not automatable in every case. So you want to free up your employees and train them to understand the brand promise and deliver it instead of sitting in the back office, going through paperwork or answering the phone through, you know, 30 times a, an hour and that kind of thing. So we think it's a benefit overall in that way for sure.
Thank you for listening to Travel Market Life as we explore the world of blockchain, cryptocurrency, and robotic process automation. Check out more of our episodes on travelmarket.life. Follow our podcast, which you can access via Spotify, Deezer, Apple, or Google Podcasts. Thanks for listening and look out for the next episode. Ciao for now.